Hello, and welcome to The Growth-Minded Marriage. My name's Kevin, and I'm joined by my wife, Mary. We are a uniquely ordinary Midwest couple pursuing what it means to live our values out loud, release expectations, and dedicate ourselves to growth and the pursuit of our most authentic selves together. We are excited to introduce you to Kathy and Tom Gottberg. Kathy is the woman behind the blog SmartLiving365.com, and as she describes it, Tom is the man behind the woman. They have been working as a team for the past 43 years to pursue their version of happiness, which includes a life of growth, finding purpose, living right-sized, and being in service to others. When I first heard Kathy's message of right-sizing, I knew we were meant to be in each other's lives in some way. It was at the start of this journey for Kevin and I, and I was just really searching for people who knew more than I did or who at least had walked this path before I had. And Kathy's message was so aligned with the life that I want to lead that it just felt really right. So having them on the podcast felt like the perfect next step. Yeah, I also really loved having this conversation with them and just kind of talking about what the details of having a life aligned with growth looks like, especially further down the road. You know, when you just think about it as a concept, it just seems like it's it's just so easy and it should be so easy. But you come to realize it's the punching the clock and sitting on the couch and then going to bed and restarting the process, which is the easy choice. But listening to Kathy and Tom, it's just like you'd be depriving yourself of just so much richness in life. And it's just like this journey that they've been on and that we're starting together is just going to be such an exciting exploration of the possibility of our lives together. It just reinvigorates my excitement for this next chapter and the next chapter and the next chapter. Yeah. Yes. Kathy and Tom have been doing this for truly decades It was just a really great reassuring talk that it's okay that this is taking time and it's okay that it's going to take even more time than I think. And that's going to be the joy of it. And that's going to be the process. Maybe not even just the process, but that that might be it. Yeah. Yes. I'm struggling with that part. But once you listen to the episode, you all will understand what I'm working on for 2021. So we talk about our intentions some. All right, before we spoil any more, let's maybe get into the episode. All right, if you're ready. Let's grow. Babe. Kathy, I would love to tell you the story of how I first found you, because I think it really shows that people are meant to come into your life at certain times. Of course, of course. So I was in 2019 just really searching for other voices who are talking about living a passionate life that's aligned and, you know, this journey of finding your most authentic self. And over the course of that search, I had found this genre of, in particular, podcasts that were talking about aligning your passions and leveraging them to create a business, which 
was a lot of what I wanted to hear, but I didn't quite align with the, you have to leverage them to make money. But I was listening to a podcast in that genre, and it was Ali Casaza's podcast called The Purpose Show. And you must have done a collaboration with her because she mentioned you along with three or four other people who were in this world. Um, but she mentioned you as really speaking to uh, the retirees or people who are in their midlife and looking to create a more passionate aligned life. And I was folding laundry on my bed or a bed in our master. And I was like, I dropped everything. I was like, this woman is finally the voice that I've been looking for. Like it is not about leveraging everything to make money, but to just be your most authentic self and live a passionate life. And I ran downstairs and told Kevin that I had found my people. I'm like, I found them. They're here. They're just retired. These are my people. And I was so excited. And that is what led me to, I did kind of a Google deep dive on you. And in that same day is when I wrote you that letter that I'm sure seemed a little bit overexcited, but that's how I was feeling. And so I just, I just love that you came into my life just when I was really wanting to hear your message, um, in particular of right sizing. So truly, I can see how important it was for me to meet you. And I just wanted to say thank you. That's awesome, Mary. I had no idea that. And I that name honestly does not sound familiar to me. So really? it, it truly is a serendipitous um, uh, encounter with each other. I've done a number of podcasts, um, but that name doesn't, it doesn't ring. Uh, really? So how found, yeah, how you found me um, is wonderful, because I do get a number of emails from people randomly. Um, and there's just no click there. You know how that is. And it just something about your communication that did, especially when you gave me the patience to say, you know, get to, back to me when you can. <laughs> and now I'm enjoying, I love listening to all your podcasts. And uh, I think, yeah, I think where you're going is super exciting. So in some ways, just following your example is encouraging and exciting to me. So thank you for, you know, reaching out to me and thank you for, you know, our ongoing relationship. Kathy, that is so validating. Thank you. Yes, yes. I mean, I think the mutual gratitude is just exciting. I would just like to throw in a little bit on me here. Just to, <laughs> You guys might owe me a little bit of your welcome because I was the one who stopped her from flying to California and knocking on your door. To begin with. <laughs> <laughs> that would be cool, too. If you guys came out for a visit, we'd love to host you. You know, once we get past the pandemic, that would be a wonderful thing to do. Well, I connected so deeply with your idea of right sizing. And then after reading now three of your books, right sizing, you get to make it up and um, practical spirituality, I just identify with so many of the messages that you and Tom have kind of come to at different stages of your life. And I was wondering if when looking back, you guys have any feeling of what you're really hoping the legacy of your life and marriage is or if there's any message that you really hope goes farther and wider than another. You know, that's interesting. You say the legacy and, you know, like, I think that's important to what we, what we, you know, we are what we leave behind, I think. And we've had good intentions about trying to be a, a model, a role model for not only someone that has a great relationship to, to shine that light, but also to, to help a lot of our nieces and nephews and friends if they're open and receptive, to be fiscally responsible and show them a way that they can have a lot more peace of mind and not be so stressed when they get to our age. Right. And perhaps perhaps because we do not have children, we've 
more or less taken, I guess, the approach that if our life can serve as a model of a couple without children, they can still are, be happy. They can still be very happy, very much in love, and also create a life, a life that is fulfilling and satisfying and also of service. Uh, I think that's a critical part of it. It's not just for us. I think it's good for other people. I think it's good for the planet. I think it's, I think it's a good example. And the more of us that provide this kind of an example, the better, because the other messages, the messages of uh, consumerism, the messages of overconsumption, and, and the messages of constant debt, like debt is okay, because everybody's doing it. If any of us can step out and say, no, 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 there's another way to do this. We don't have to just follow the herd because everybody's else else is doing that. Stop and think whether this is a choice that will increase the quality of your life and the quality of every life. Um, So I'd like to think, if anything, that's kind of our legacy. Can you talk a little bit about how you build that resilience to maintain that focus? The, The drive to consumerism, you know, is not just the herd, it's what's pushed upon our society. And it's constantly being, you know, spoon fed to us. So like, how do you continue to be motivated in this other direction? You know, that's a good question, Kevin, in the sense that if one in the couple or the partnership that you have in your family, there has to be an agreement that you're on the same page. You know, hopefully you're in the same book, but if you can get on the same page, the thing Kathy and I have is we're aligned with our intention and our goals in the same direction. So we don't fight each other on that. So um, to try and answer your question, Kevin, a little more is we share that probably on a daily basis. Um, if it's not spoken, it's just in the feeling that we're all we're all going, we're both of us are going in the same direction. So it does make it so much easier. Yeah. And I completely agree with that because I've seen it. I've seen other relationships. I'll, I'll have people respond on the blog and say, well, I would, but my, you know, my wife's a hoarder or my husband's a hoarder or, and they just don't want to downsize. They don't want to, even though it's hurting us financially, they can't let go. And it's like the, it is a tremendous benefit to have your spouse or your significant other on the same page. And it also, but they've also proven, studies are proven that the people you hang out with mm. influence you more than you know. So we have friends that are not in alignment with us in the right sized way, I would say. Um, but they're not close, close friends because what happens is when they start buying the bigger house and the fancier car and the more this and the more that, you find yourself wanting to even unconsciously move in that direction. So we have to kind of pull each other back and remind each other of what's what's important. Yeah, that makes so much sense. I see so much of Kevin and I in your journey, but, you know, just in 30 years, and I just hear peace and contentment from you both. And I'm just wondering, was there a point where you feel like the peace and contentment was greater and started to evolve from that point forward? You weren't doubting as much and there weren't as many struggles. I would say definitely. Now, we don't hide our age at all. I'm 65 and Tom is 67. And it took time. It didn't start automatically. We kind of got on the same treadmill as everybody else thinking more was better, you know, get a nicer job, buy nicer things. And that's the definition of success in our country. And at some point, I would say probably our mid-30s, we started questioning it. 
And we started studying, we started taking workshops and classes and exploring that and also exploring our conversation with each other. Where, where did we go from there? And it has honestly been a journey. So it has taken a while from then. I would say it's been what, maybe the last 15 or 20 years where it, we've really settled into it. Um, but again, if you consider 15 or 20 years, that means we were close to 50 before we really achieved this goal. But let me back up and say we had no mentors. We had nobody pointing the way for us. We were just kind of floundering around on our own, except for reading we, we and, and taking workshops about inner growth more than that constantly striving for success. Let me, let me add to it. We did get off the debt train a lot sooner because we were struggling with debt in our 30s, and I was juggling Peter to pay Paul until my business got established. But we knew we could make, in my type of business, I could make larger sums of money and pay it off. But, you know, we did get the big house with a three-car garage and had the three cars and the two motorcycles and the swimming pool and the big yards. We did that, and it didn't feel right to us. But we had to go there to understand that feeling because you can't tell somebody, well, don't do that. So we're no saints in the game, and we could live in a much bigger lifestyle than we are now but we choose not to because of the, the freedom that gives by not living that lifestyle and trying to maintain and keep up with the Joneses. And we've lost some friends along the way because they didn't like it when we started shrinking down. Literally lost some good friends because they just couldn't understand why would, we, why would we do that? Why would we give up that lifestyle? Well, I think that's one reason why we came up with the word right-sizing. And, and Tom even kind of hinted on the word shrinking. People see as pulling away from that kind of constant climbing for success as shrinking. It's a natural word. And, and when you talk about downsizing, it's like, oh, that's bad. You that's know, you're, you're giving, you're sacrificing things. I've never considered our choice to do what we're doing right now, sacrifice. It came from a true desire to say, you know, all that stuff, all that beautiful house and the nice cars and all that. It, you know, it, they were nice, but they weren't that satisfying. There's got to be more to life than just accumulating and having nice stuff to show your friends or family. Yeah, listening to you guys and reading your works and being on a, the start of a similar journey, you know, everything you say just makes so much sense about right sizing and aligning your life and everything else. But there's still something that makes it really challenging. It seems to me the most challenging part is removing your ego from that equation. And I was just wondering if you guys felt the same way. I would have to agree with you 100 percent. And it's not it's not to deny the ego. It's to manage it in a sense to understand it. I actually have always been somewhat embarrassed to be flashy. I mean, it's just it's just who I am in my head. But yet my ego wants to go, you you would like to be the guy that they find out, oh yeah, you're the multimillionaire now, but I would have never guessed it. You know, so I like that. That's my ego talking. So I'm the guy that, you know, looked for the role models that uh, a developer that I worked with in Palm Springs for a long time was one of the largest developers in Palm Springs. And I was just one of the few people that got to work with him. But he would walk down the street almost looking like a homeless guy sometimes. And I, Kathy, I know I'd come home and I go, I want to be John Westman. You know, I want to be a guy that is just, you know, no one knows who this guy is, his wealth or much about him and thinks he's almost a homeless guy. And yet, you know, he's, he, he's still he's playing his game his way. He's living his life that doesn't have to impress anyone else. And that resonates with me so much. I guess you could tell Thomas somewhat 
a nonconformist. <laughs> and I, you know, I think I am too, because I'd like, I'd like pushing myself against what everyone else is doing. I probably have more ego involved than he does. I do, you know, my heart feels good when I get attention, probably more so than I would like. But something Tom and I have always been is I think we're pretty humble. I don't know where that came from. We, we like to stay humble. We like to keep that in mind. So maybe that's an intention that we've always had. Tom, your description of yourself or who you want to be, you're describing my husband who's sitting across from me. He describes his fashion as homeless casual, or at least he did when the kids were really small and he was the absolute full-time parent. <laughs> Another uh, thing that really impacted us from your message was watching your first vlog and not only the fact that you spoke about setting intentions instead of goals and how that really spoke to us, but I could see so clearly you guys trying something new. I just so identified with that. And I loved your idea of having a word for the year, which all of a sudden now I'm seeing all over social media. And I'm not even that involved in social media, but apparently you guys were on to something because <laughs> I don't know where you got it from, but apparently you were in the know. Well, I think it's been an, uh, an ongoing intention of Tom and I both to find other people that enjoy conversation about things that matter as much as we do. So I think that's why we're delighted to have come up, uh, you know, to connect with you both, because I sense that same, you know, that same energy in you as well. And also, I recognize uh, one of the reasons that I I did kind of want to connect with you was because the name of your podcast. Um, I listen to a lot of podcasts and they're so hard to pick and choose because there's so many of them out there, as you know, but yours was growth minded marriage. And I thought, Hey, there's the growth word because Tom and I, if, if we have an addiction, it's probably to growth. Um, we've, we've made it a lifelong intention and it will continue for as long as we do. So that was a definite attraction. As far as the word intention, I think we grew up along with the rest of you thinking goal setting was the way to go. We were originally both in real estate, became real estate brokers. Tom still is. I, I'm still active, but I, well, I'm not active, but I have a license. And we were force fed that message, set your goals. The only way you succeed is get those goals. And when we started kind of awakening, I guess, in our 40s, we, we started reading about intentions. And intentions are more about um, what you become instead of what you get. I guess that to me, that seems to be a, a, a distinguishing point about intentions. So we started focusing on what we intended to be and become rather than what we wanted to get. And I think that's made a difference. It just feels like a better word for us. It takes that, you know, that rah, rah, let's go get them goal setting idea off the table and instead puts it on a much more personal and personal growth path, in my opinion. Would you agree, Tom, or you see it different? No, I pretty much see it the same way. And I'm going to throw a curveball in it and mix it with a little bit of my, I'll call it my version of spirituality. But there's a phrase, a phrase in Taoism called wooey. And we all know what it is. It's, it's, it's being in the flow or being in the zone, I'll call it, from a Western mind. In other words, wooey means without effort. You're living in that space without effort. So if, if you get a, a rowboat and you're sitting in the water and you're going downstream and you're going with the current, it's effortless. If you're trying to go upstream, you're struggling. Our lives are the same way. So our intentions were to me is to say, 
how do I stay in the flow all the time? So one of my biggest intentions every year is to catch myself. Oh, if there's any resistance and you can feel it in your body when you're anxious, you can feel it when somebody says something that you disagree with. And if you can just stop and pause and just go, oh, I'm pushing the river. I'm pushing it back instead of flowing with it. I can just let that energy go by me, that negative energy go by me now. So at this point in my life is to be that intention of flow as many moments of the day as I can. Yeah, very well said. I'm sorry, I had to throw that in. <laughs> that is, I, I'm thinking because I feel, Tom, those instances where you say you're paddling upstream, I feel that now. It's very obvious to me. What do you do when you feel those things to let them pass through you? Is it practice or meditation or what What do you do when that comes up? Well, you said it. It's it's practice, but you have to be mindful and catch yourself in it. And the, the biggest challenge is when you get the trigger from sometimes Kathy will say something and I'm not in the mood and she triggers me and I can feel it, you know, and so I catch myself, I pause and I go, mm, it's not about her. It's about me. It's always about me. We're always the common denominator. She's just bringing it to the surface and then how I choose to deal with it. So I'm practicing trying to practice in every moment when I feel that sensation. So if you go mindful, then always stay in your body. If you your body will talk to you all day long all the time. So that's what I try and listen to and then say, okay, what do I need to do from here? Well, and and the humble side of it of me anyway says uh we practice this. We're not accomplished masters by any means. So we still have our moments. I think the difference is as we go through life, the the reaction time from the event to the the way we want to be is shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter. So eventually we get to the point where, you know, okay, something happens, something triggers, the time to respond in the way we want to in a wooey way is much shorter. I think you guys are also not giving yourself enough credit to just know that you've also developed this confidence that the direction of the flow is where you know you want to go. I like that phrase. <laughs> the direction of the, the flow is where you want to go. That's a good one, Kevin. It's trademarked already. I've trademarked it. <laughs> <laughs> it does get easier. It, it just, I don't think it's ever, it, like everything that we've experienced, I don't think we'll ever arrive. That's something I kind of had to, you know, it, again, it's the journey, not the destination. That's one of my little mottos. It's it's a process. It's not something that a prize you're going to win at the end where, you know, you're an enlightened master and you're sitting on a mountaintop and nothing ever gets to you again. It's just that, you know, no matter what happens, you can deal with it. And that's to me, that's where I want to be. That is an intention for me. Do you ever get to a point where the work that you're describing, which I know from trying it myself, is work. It, it, it's energy spent and it's conversations and mental capacity given to this. Are you ever tired of it or think, gosh, I just want to like tune out. I want to go back to living unconsciously or do, do those moments ever come and go for you guys? No, of course they do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good, good. If, if we don't think they do, then we're in denial. And the only reason they get to that level you're talking about is because we're we're pushing the river again. We're we're struggling with it. And we're not letting it flow, and that's totally okay. Sometimes when I've had a day that I'm just beat, I recognize it. I'm going to be kind to myself, and I just say, "Honey, today I just want to veg. Let's put on this kind of movie, or let's do this." I don't think about it, but don't be hard on yourself. 
I think for me, what I've learned along the way, and it's been a, again, everything is a journey for us, is that we took a lot of classes and I read a lot of books about meditation. And we kind of did it on and off in different forms. We tried a lot of different varieties. And then what was it? It was like, oh, it's been like 10 years. I can't even remember how long ago, but many years ago, Tom and I said, you know, what'll help is if we do this together. We had learned about how the power of intentionality when worked in concert with somebody that's close to you is more powerful. And we also knew just the support of saying, okay, if we commit to doing meditation every single day, Uh, together that we'll keep each other on track. And so we started. And like I said, it's been a long time. And I think in 10 years or however long it's been, I think we missed like maybe one day. We like totally forgot about it. But other than that, now we can't even forget. It's something we do every day. And getting back to the original reason I brought it up is because when you practice meditation, you're basically training your mind to focus on something other than the random thoughts floating through your head. So when you really start getting better and better at it, and again, it's a journey, you never, I never arrive, I'm not intending that. But what happens is you learn to think about what you need to think about. And you can turn off thoughts that are disruptive or destructive or that are not helpful to you, and you can focus. That doesn't mean you're always focused on the best and the brightest, but it does mean you can turn off really strong negative things that might be popping up in your head. And I mean, that's a daily thing for me, that I have the ability to have my thoughts trained. One of the things that we do is we do it for 15 minutes a day, every day. It doesn't have to be the exact same time. We try and do it at the same time. But as long as you do it, and like Kathy said, we do it together. I would love, and I don't know if you've read much about it, but some schools are starting to integrate it that are more progressive schools. Our child's public, just you know, regular public elementary school takes moments of silence and deep breathing. And even our preschool does as well. And they do yoga sometimes which I find amazing. Wow. That is so good. But, you know, amplify that. Take take this to you, train your family together. So if mom and dad do it together, and then you bring the circle with your children into that, and you did it all at the same time, think of that if, if everybody came together as a family unit, you know, because we're not at the dinner table all the time together and all that kind of stuff, the families anymore. But if everybody came for 15 minutes and did that, I mean, I think it could transcend the planet. I really do. Yes. I agree. I totally think that I'm almost crying just at the power of that and that I feel so lucky that I realized this when my kids were still little and I can give them this amazing gift that at 36, I'm just giving myself. I'm just overwhelmed with the possibility of it for myself and my husband and my children and this beautiful one chance at this one wild and precious life, like Mary Oliver says, gets me all emotional. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're fortunate. You're fortunate to have the ability to be a powerful influence for good for your children. Our observation is so many of us go through life without being aware that other people are paying attention, (laughs) you know, especially the people we live with. So good for you for recognizing this. You know, children are sponges, so they're going to learn from you. Okay. Yes. Uh, I just, this. I love talking to you guys. Would you guys be willing to share if there are any new intentions? Tom, you mentioned some of your evergreen intentions, but anything that you're focusing on for 2021? And Kathy, if you've got a word for 2021 that you wanted to talk about? Um, 
Yes, my word. Actually, I had a couple of different words, uh, but I thought based upon what I was reading and how I was feeling and maybe uncertainty about the future, I decided my word would be trust. And trust isn't necessarily a lot of people I've been in communication with say it's faith and it's not really the same in my mind. And that's the interesting thing about picking a word for the for the year. It's just like, it means what it means to you. So nobody else can really interpret it the way you're going to interpret it. But my trust had a lot to do with trusting myself, trusting my inner voice, and trusting the universe as I know it. Um, my views on spirituality are different than probably everybody except Tom's. And I want to trust that. And so my word was trust, and it will guide my intentions throughout the year. It already has in some ways. So that's the way a word will do. And as far as my intentionalities, when I pick my intentions, um, years ago, we went to a brunch, a New Year's brunch at a friend's house. And she said, let's do something different after we ate. Let's make a list of what we allow and accept in that year. A kind of a contract for ourselves. And from that year forward, I think that was probably oh, quite a few years ago. From that year forward, I sit down on the first every year and write what I allow and accept into my life. And then I sign it like a little contract. But it's not usually stuff like, you know, as much as I love to travel, it's not about travel. <laughs> it's more about, again, like I said earlier, intentions to me are who I want to become. And trust, um, my word for the year played a big part of that. So that's my intentions. Tom, are you on board with trust or do you have a different spin on it? You know, that's sort of like Kathy holds that one in the sense that I, that's not my word, but I'm so, so supportive. And see, I learned from her, just like she explained now, I'm learning again just by listening to her, how deep it goes with her. And I think that's what we all want to get is a word that goes deep with us. And this year I was going to be a little more bold because I usually pick a word that's more comfortable. I thought, okay, get out of my comfort zone. So the, my word is perspective. And what does that mean? What popped up in my head for this year, for 2021, is we all have to get perspective. And for me to unfold the idea of perspective, it means I've got to have more understanding, more compassion, and the perspective of letting go. So my idea of perspective is I got to expand my box in every moment. It's sort of like that feeling. When I feel irritated in my mind or my body, and I want to, let's say, even be violent towards somebody's actions that are just heinous to me. And why are they doing that to somebody else? Why are they hurting people? Why are they doing this? I want to listen to that. And I go, oh, let's put some perspective on it. So that's for me is to put perspective on it and then zoom out and look at the bigger picture. What does that mean? And a lot of times the perspective is, is I don't know what's going on with somebody else. They could be really hurting. So I want to always now try to be understanding that I don't know enough to judge. I want to have perspective. Yeah, that's a big challenge. I mean, especially just with all the events just in the first couple of weeks of 2021. Um, yeah, th that's that's a good one for you, Tom. That's going to keep you busy all year long, for yeah, sure. Seems like almost a life goal. <laughs> <laughs> Mary, what about you and Kevin? Have you come up with a word for the year? Um, I certainly have a year, Kevin, or I have a word. Kevin, do you want to speak on your intentions first or? Well, I'll start off by Mary and I had a conversation about this and my initial takeaway was is I wanted to have this conversation with you guys first so I could kind of identify it with some authenticity and, you know, the hindsight of what your wisdom could teach 
um, us. But I would say over the course of the last 15 minutes, I think I kind of certainly came up with a word that I think wow. that I'm going to kind of embrace. I wish I went before you two, because I mean, mine's not going to sound nearly as profound now. <laughs> um, but I think my word for 2021 is going to be uncertainty. Mm. And just being totally confident and comfortable in almost everything that we've just been talking about, like the flow of the river and just not knowing what tomorrow is going to look like. And so much of my life up to this point was really having this firm grasp of the direction of where things were going to go and kind of needing to not necessarily control that, but own it fully. And I think 2021, with the journey that Mary and I have now started together, I'm going to really try wholeheartedly to open myself up completely to the opportunity of uncertainty. Awesome. That's an amazing word, Kevin. I'm impressed. You did good. <laughs> He's oh. an impressive person. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what about you, Mary? Well, I, I, you can maybe hear it in my voice and the way, you know, my questions I've asked you, but I have identified that I have lodged in my chest this feeling, this very tangible feeling of impatience. And really, I've been looking for a salve to, to make that feeling go down or, you know, I'd be grateful if it went all the way away. And so my word for 2021 is patience. And I want to embrace the idea that this expansive life, this awakened life that I have been so lucky to fall into is the here and now. And as you said, it's it's the process of becoming, but I am more likely to focus on that process of the next step forward as opposed to realizing that you are in it now. This is it. And I just want to be very active in reminding myself that this is it and that I have everything I could possibly ask for and holding that with the idea that there is also forward motion, but that the here and now is what I want to focus on. And I'm really hoping that through that practice that I'm, you know, hoping to use meditation. And I'm also starting to write a little bit, Kathy, um, just putting some thoughts down. I've called it my patience project of 2021, just all the things in one week that remind me that this is it and here and now is all I have. And I'm just so happy with that. So I'm hoping that that makes this really tangible feeling inside of me go away. And so, yeah, my, my word is patience, and I'm looking forward to practicing patience. How could you not, Mary? I, I sense that that word is really powerful for you um, and will take you a long way. I probably a little bit like you, um, Mary, in that regard. Um, I have suffered from FOMO fear of missing out uh, probably a great deal of my life. And I am very fortunate, and I suspect that you're fortunate too, to be married to a person that helps us and brings us back and reminds us that it's in the moment that true pleasure and joy and contentment and peace is. Um, so instead of me always projecting out there thinking that's going to be the answer to anything I might be craving um, right here, right now. 
is important. So, mm. so yeah, yes. we're, we're fortunate. I identify with you, Kathy, because I can tell we found the person we were meant to find. And, and all the crazy twists and turns it took to maybe find that person. It's just like, yep, this is this is the person. <laughs> you are my other half. Yeah, so... Well, and as far as a growth-minded marriage, too, is like part of my growth has been us learning. You know, we're very much on the same page, but there were times when we were not, when we were younger, when we first got together. And and what has happened through our life is by communicating and by stepping forward into life together, we've grown together instead of grown apart. And mm. if you're if you're not committed to that growth, you can very easily drift apart. Yes. Yes. We, we knew that 2020 taught us that, which is why we, one of the reasons we started the podcast is because we could feel ourselves drifting and we're like, no, we, we choose otherwise and we choose us. So this, this conversation was just food for my soul. I feel my, my area of impatience, even being soothed just by talking to you guys and being reminded that this takes time, that this doesn't happen overnight. This is going to be years and years of practice. And what a joy that I get to practice this for years and years with Kevin. So I wish you the best on your uh, words of the year for 2021 and moving forward and seeing where it takes you. And Kevin and I are excited to do the same. Yeah. And thank you so much for sharing some of your time and wisdom with us and just connecting with us in a meaningful way. Like we can't thank you enough for that. You're so welcome. It's been a joy for me and I'm guessing Tom. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh oh Tom now you gotta say yes <laughs> there's a hesitation in the back of his throat did you hear that <laughs> alright this was enlightening and fun which is like the perfect recipe for me <laughs> excellent okay guys well let's talk again soon okay thank you thank you so much guys bye